Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The fourth Sunday of Easter is always Good Shepherd Sunday. It falls right in the middle of the Easter season. Easter lasts for how many Sundays? Seven. And so properly, right in the middle, is the Good Shepherd. And he has served as comfort for countless individuals and also, frankly, for the whole Christian church. Strangely enough, our reading from Acts you heard today shows Peter and John being faithful shepherds before wolves. Their defense was the gospel, and they just put it right out there, even for the people to hear again, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. As the servants, you know how Jesus says, so goes even more for the master. Would it be a shocker to find out that when Jesus speaks of being the good shepherd, that great text was right in the midst of a bunch of hostility. But it's so comforting. A formerly blind beggar heard the news. But to the Pharisees and other Jews present that day, it was just the opposite. Shepherd was a common identity that God tied to leadership for Israel in the Old Testament. However, when Jesus makes the claim of good, it is an exclusive weakness, a character unlike any other shepherd. The basis for this fact came at the end of his words that you heard today. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The love of our good shepherd Jesus holds true authority. This is it. Able to care for his flock. Caring implies a few things. It first implies a capable authority by Jesus. That's death-defeating because nobody else can do it. And he is capable. Since sheep are vulnerable by nature to the wolf, as you know, so they need a shepherd. Jesus describes the hirelings as inadequate. They do not have authority in mind to protect and care against the wolves. The Pharisees were liars to the people serving the devil's ways. But they also feared death, looking out only for their own self-interests. This abuse, you have to know, though, was not some kind of outlier. It was very typical to find this kind of problem among Israel long ago. Matter of fact, God said by Ezekiel the prophet, the weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the stray 
you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. Ezekiel chapter 34. As with any threat or danger, you quickly find out the character of leaders and how this works out. And it works out very uniquely in the family, the churches, and the state. Capable authority is what we need. But what if I told you it's still not good enough? Certainly, a person giving up their life for another is precious. A mother is a leader in her own right when she has a child. And if she chooses to allow the birth of her child at her own death, wow. That's not much different than when a police officer puts himself in the line of sights to save a civilian and he takes a bullet. When Jesus calls himself the good shepherd, it means he delivers his sheep from definite attack by the wolf that none other can manage. Luther sees you must know that even the law and good works are short-lived before such a hostility. He says it this way. He says, for the hireling flees, and he calls the hireling the law in good works. He says the law crumbles and cannot help. In fact, it stands against you and condemns you. Good works, too, do not avail for you, but fail. That's why a person must let go of trusting in a pious way of life and learn to place faith alone in him who says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Few dare to stand in the place of another. That's why I put medals on people. We say that is an honorable thing they did. But Jesus willfully does it as the love of God toward us. In other words, he throws his entire self, his sinless self, before death's judgment and destroys the devil's bite by his perfect sacrifice. This is not limited, as some would think, for only a limited atonement. That's not what it means. Because Jesus has also said in another place in John, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So caring also implies not being only capable, but committed authority. For Jesus, as life-giving, gathers. It belongs to his triumph, doesn't it? He rose from the dead. And since the good shepherd, we know, will never die again, it's before this risen Lord that the Jewish leaders, immediately when the tomb was empty, quickly and very 
craftily brought accusation. His disciples stole the body. And yet, the very fact remains, Jesus called those who believed in him sheep. And so at his death, they did what sheep do, scatter. They were not committed. They couldn't muster some conniving plan. But when Jesus rose, he cared for them as the good shepherd. He gathered them by his glorious name. Instead of a silent tomb, you see, he would be life-giving with the goal to gather his sheep for I know my own and my own know me just as the Father's known me and I know the Father. And so right from the start of the empty tomb of Mary Magdalene to go and tell my sheep, he says, go and tell my, my apostles, my disciples, right? And they didn't believe it. And then Jesus came and spoke to the sheep his own precious word for their sake. Again and again during all those 40 days, he called the flock together. This authority of commitment by the risen Jesus, it's what comes to you from the good shepherd. At this moment in time, today, in these times, the heartaches, sins, temptations, and weakness before life, it can lead all of us astray very quickly. As if God does not know you or consider you his sheep. It was not your promise. It's not even your current experience. But what the shepherd says. I know my own and my own know me. And I lay my own my life for the sheep. What he says remains true for anybody. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, Jesus says, has eternal life. This gracious word is made visible by baptism. It's how God made you his sheep. If you ever need to know how do you know, Go back to your baptism. And remember, you were baptized and made a sheep, and so you belong to Christ. It means you are now part of his flock, or as we say in the creed, one holy Christian, an apostolic church. The life-giving way, you understand, is never silent. But to know Jesus by listening to his voice, and by this word, he gathers to give forgiveness and eternal life. And so caring finally means not only being capable and being committed, but it also means a commissioning authority from Jesus. Because we were not there. But he wanted us. It is from the Good Shepherd that his mission is much larger than any could imagine. He made known the facts. He made it known even to his enemies. 
You heard it. But also, he guaranteed it held a great purpose. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. And so there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus spoke this truth again as the good shepherd sent out his church. When, before his ascension, it's not too far away from now, he sent his church out. And he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. There's the good shepherd's voice. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. This charge of the gospel went with the sheep, and they bore the image of their shepherd. St. John says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Remaining in his voice is how the church of Christ always advances forward with true love. Instead of canceling people that were pretty common today, isn't it? All around. Instead of canceling people, it is to speak and care with the word of forgiveness upon our lips and before our lives. This is not a love looking to justify the church or even earn salvation because that belongs to our good shepherd's sacrifice. However, a witness comes tied to the whole flock to honor God's word and to not let my brother, my neighbor, be robbed of hearing the shepherd's voice. Since Jesus has won safety for his sheep, you are forgiven. Sin and death do not stand against you because the shepherd has laid down his life for the sheep. That means body and life binds the in faith to God in that promise and love for others, frankly, in spite of all the hostility. It's a love that the wolf won't know what to do with. This week of Good Shepherd Sunday, future pastors this week will be receiving their first calls from both our seminaries. Numbers going out are fewer compared to the past, but these men are receiving an authority by their call from churches to shepherd the flock. It is to both, it's twofold to feed the lambs and guard against the wolves. Much today challenges this faithfulness, proving this perfect fact for you, his sheep. No pastor does the saving. Only it must be to let the promise of one voice be heard. The love of our good shepherd Jesus holds true authority. You see? And he's able to care for his flock. Amen.
As the writer from Hebrews ends, so I end with you his words. May may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory. Amen. And so, at this time, having heard faithfulness, we now confess as she apostles' creed, please rise.